Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. Which you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. We've got a lot going on in the scandal. We've got a lot going on in uh, in politics. The debate tonight, we're going to get into the debate prep and talk about all that. we also got uh, a number of things with the Chinese Communist Party. One, CNN tries to do a hit on Dr. Yan. We're going to have her on. Also, Liz, your about the Chinese Communist Party. I don't think it's a hostile takeover. Just to say a, a takeover of the Vatican today. But I want to go back to the scandal. This is very important. Jack Maxey, what do you have for us? Well, John Roberts released this uh letter that Tony Bubaliski wrote yesterday, and it's quite an indictment of the Bidens. It's quite an indictment of the process. And I'd like to read it in full for our audience, because this is an American patriot from an American patriotic family. And I believe that there are millions of people behind him who are not going to stand for this anymore. My name is Tony Bubalinski. The facts set forth below are true and accurate. They are not any form of domestic or foreign disinformation. Any suggestion to the contrary is false and offensive. I am the recipient of the email published seven days ago by the New York Post, which showed a copy to Hunter Biden and Rob Walker. The email is genuine. This afternoon, I received a request from the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs and the Senate Committee on Finance requesting all documents relating to my business affairs with the Biden family, as well as various foreign entities and individuals. I have extensive relevant records and communications I intend to produce those items to both the committees in the immediate future. I am the grandson of a 37-year Army intelligence officer, the son of a 20-year career Navy officer, and the brother of a 28-year naval aviator. I myself served our country for four years and left the Navy as Lieutenant Bubalinski. I held a high-level security clearance and was an instructor uh, for the Naval Nuclear Power Training Command. I take great pride in the time my family and I served this country. I am also not a political person. What few campaign contributions I have made in my life were to Democrats. If the media and big tech companies had done their jobs over the past several weeks, I would be irrelevant in this story. Given my longstanding service and devotion to this great country, I could no longer allow my family's name to be associated or tied to Russian disinformation or implied lies and false narratives dominating the media right now. After leaving the military service, I became an institutional investor, investing extensively around the world and on every continent. What I am outlining is fact. I know it is fact because I lived it. I am the CEO of Sino Hawk Holdings, which was a partnership between the Chinese operating through CEFC, Chairman Ye, and the Biden family. I was brought into the company to be the CEO by James Gillar and Hunter Biden. The reference to the big guy in the much-publicized May 13, 2017 email is, in fact, a reference to Joseph Biden. The other JB referenced is that 
in the email is Jim Biden, Joe's brother. Hunter Biden called his dad the big guy or my chairman and frequently asking him for sign-off or advice on various potential deals that we were discussing. I've seen Vice President Biden saying he never talked to Hunter about his business. I've seen firsthand that that's not true because it was, wasn't just Hunter's business. They said they were putting the Biden family name and its legacy on the line. I realized the Chinese were not really focused on a healthy financial return on investment. They were looking at this as a political or influence investment. Once I realized that Hunter wanted to use the company as his personal piggy bank by just taking money out of it as soon as it came from the Chinese, I took steps to prevent that from happening. The Johnson report connected some dots in a way that shocked me. It made me realize, here's key, because you cannot trust them. Even if you're in business with the Bidens, you can't trust them. The Johnson report connected some dots in a way that shocked me. It made me realize that the Bidens had gone behind my back and gotten paid millions of dollars from the communist Chinese, even though they told me they hadn't and wouldn't do that to their partners. I would ask the Biden family to address the American people and outline the facts so I can go back to being irrelevant. And so I am not put in the position to have to answer those questions for them. I don't have a political axe to grind. I just saw behind the Biden curtain and I grew concerned with what I saw. The Biden family aggressively leveraged the Biden family name to make millions of dollars from foreign entities, even though some were from communist controlled China. God bless America. Where is that on CNN right now? Where is that on MSNBC? Stephanie Rule, you're supposed to be such a great financial expert. Why was that not up there in your entire show going through that? Why, why, is, the, can't, why is outside the Biden house right now 100 reporters saying, hey, Joe, not what's the flavor of the milkshake. And by the way, isn't it random? Remember, there are no Bannon's dictum. There are no conspiracies, but there are also no coincidences. Why was Biden out with the granddaughter, the other granddaughter, on Sunday? Oh, let's go get a milkshake. Here's the press's tough questions. Five days into this, what flavor? What flavor are you getting? That, that is a day that's going to live in infamy for, for our media. Right here, it's Sinohawk is the joint venture. And by the way, that's the most damning thing. Leslie Stahl, I, I got a thing for 60 minutes. Why don't we go and do a 60 minutes on this Sunday night? On the, on the weekend before the, you know, 10 days before the election. This, this right there, he gave you both barrels right between the eyes. All the lies of Joe Biden. So Ramaswamy, how, how, how brutal is that, is, that, uh, is that declaration, is that affidavit signed by the, the, the guy who was essentially the CEO of the company? I think it's devastating. Uh, and to address... Jill Biden's point. Yeah, sure. It's about, I mean, for me, the whole election is about the American family. And if you remember, Steve, Joe Biden bragged about 25 hours of one-on-one -on -one meetings with Xi Jinping. And during those meetings, the American people were certainly not at the table. They were on the menu. And this Bobulinsky statement just corroborates that. And for the last 25 years, and this is what the American people rejected in 2016. They were, you know, America was fed neoliberal crack and neocon alcohol. And the whole nation spent 25 years in this hangover. And we're just getting over it. And I don't think majority of American people 
want to go back to that. And as Jack said, it's time for decoupling. It's time for declaring our independence from the Chinese Communist Party and their infiltration and influence of every high-level American academic institution, yes. bureaucratic institution, and corporate institution. What, what Bobolesky is talking about is Sinohawk, which is a joint venture with one of the most corrupt companies. It's in receivership now. It's bankrupt. Remember, also, do not forget the fact that this is all blood money taken from the China, from Lao Beijing. Your boys all 100 TV. names. Who, who's Frank Lenz. Frank Luntz is on TV. He's is on the on the television behind you. Is he is he actually being interviewed about that? No, was the, they're doing a whole segment about how he called the Trump campaign the worst campaign ever. Sorry to jump in there, but I think yeah. given what was revealed yesterday, but t- t- uh, let's before we get to the to, to Luntz because yeah. I do want to get into that. Yeah, is how it, the media is now going to Luntz and talk about him trashing the Trump campaign. Why are they not, and what is it going to take to force them? MSNBC and CNN to actually not cover this up as saying it's from Russia. That's a joke. But what is it going to take to actually cover for them to have a anchor read that statement on, on air? Well, here's, here's somebody whose credibility is going to be increasingly damaged by this as well. Terence Samuels. You know who that is? That would be NPR's managing editor for news, uh, the office of the public editor, who said this, issued this statement just about an hour ago. Quote, We don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste the listeners and readers' time on stories that are just pure distractions. He was saying that about this specific issue, about uh, Biden, about corruption, about Burisma, about Sinohawk, about Bobolinsky and everything that's coming out. He's calling it a pure distraction. And CNN has been focused on what they call Obama's blistering speech yesterday, which he gave to about 100 people parked in a in a parking lot right so th- you asked, about a guy that went from star power to like lost a little bit of heat but you asked the question yep. what is going to make these people focus on it what is going to make this story and i think they're kind of goading us at the moment and saying if you've got something release it and i don't think they quite realize how much is there what what kind of I mean, if you thought the New York Post story from last week broke the internet, if you thought that, you know, Axios pulls out, hey, you know, it it was the number one story despite the censorship, if you thought that hit a lot of impressions, the stuff that's left to come out is going to make that look like nothing. It'll melt the internet. Before we go, we're we're going to time to come back to this. We still have Liz Yore, because I know she's under time pressure. Uh, Can we bring in Liz Yore? Liz, first off, you're you're one of the top prosecutors on a child exploitation. Just from what you've heard, the requirements of going forward, are you pretty st- – tell me what you think. The FBI's had this, and, and Jack Posobiec of One America is reporting he's seen it. It's got 40 to 50 images. Um, what uh, – is how can the FBI justify having this for 10 months, given the fact that there was a child that was involved here? There's no justification for that. Steve, I was the general counsel of DCFS in Illinois, one of the largest child welfare agencies. When a child was at risk with a crack addict, we moved with dispatch because crack addicts are the most dangerous, risky, hostile, violent, sexually impulsive around children. 
The fact that they did not move on this is just unconscionable. These children were in imminent danger. They should have been immediately investigated by the FBI, child welfare. And the fact that they didn't is just, you know, Jill Biden, who says we're not interested in these kinds of things, the suburban moms are very concerned about online sexual predators who are grooming their children and sexually exploiting their children. This is an issue that hits home. And from these emails and pictures, which I haven't seen yet, but these pictures, this is the window into the Biden family. And you know, there's hundreds, if not thousands of, you know, grandmothers in the inner city, in the suburbs, who are heroes, who pick up the phone, call the hotline on their own children who are crack addicts because they are concerned about their grandchildren. And they're watching this story and saying, well, I protected my grandchildren, why didn't they? And so to me, this is a story that hits home, it's unconscionable, and it's one that uh, the Biden family is going to have to answer. And by the way, that text between Joe and Hunter, I have never seen uh, a more blase, unemotional, um, this is, you know, I, you know, was texting nude with um, with girls and smoking my crack pipe. I mean, to me, I was just shocked by the level of just ordinary, this is life in the Biden okay, family. Okay, hang, so, hang, hang, me, hang on for a second. You got to jump. I know you got a hard out. We're going to get you back later to talk about the C- Vatican. I want you to quickly, we got about a minute. I want you to walk through your bona fides. You know this area. You're a pro. Walk us through quickly. When when we talk to you about this, what are your bona fides, your expertise? Well, I was general counsel of the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services. I was general counsel at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, the main um, a house clearinghouse for missing kids. Um, I also founded there at the National Center the cyber tip line, which is the very tip line that the Bidens and the FBI um, should have called and should have investigated. And I was also Oprah Winfrey's child advocate um, for six years and investigated her own child sex um, uh, problems uh, that happened at the school in South Africa. So I've had 30 years of experience of child exploitation, investigating child pornography, and then doing something about it and knowing why we need the involvement and um, involvement of not only law enforcement, but parents and families. This is a situation that is, should never have happened. Uh, Liz, we're going to get you back on to talk about the Vatican. I appreciate it. I know you got a heart out. Liz, your one of the most remarkable women in this country. I'm blown away every time. Great love of the church, great love of our country, and great love of children to protect them. We'll be back in a moment. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Has Frank Luntz been back on? Um, I'm asking information. Has he been back on Twitter to, to, since he since he got? Is he? Yeah, he just tweeted two minutes ago. Just tweeted CNN defense of his. Wait, hey, the, he just he, when he goes off on the campaign, those guys are under enough pressure, right? If you got advice, pick the phone up. You know who's there. Pick the phone. They rolled you into uh, the Oval with Carl Rove and these other guys a while ago, right? If you have a complaint, 
pick the phone up and call somebody or text somebody or email somebody. Don't, don't make a big deal about saying they're the worst campaign in the world and they don't know what they're doing and Trump's got his head up. You know, don't. That's in, in with 12 days ago, whatever, the pressure. These guys are working 22, men and women are working 22 hours a day. And the campaign's fine. The, the, all, the problem with the campaign, I'll be the first to say it. It's one of the reasons I didn't want to volunteer back in June. It's somebody, I mean, it, it, and we'll, that will all be gotten to. You know, Plouffe said there's going to be investigations after investigation, but how Donald Trump went around and raised all this money and there's no cash is, and that could be a big deal when we get down to the end. Yes. But we know there's no cash. Many right? people are asking, what's the Frank Luntz story? Right, Where right, he, right. Oh, let's go ahead. Yeah, so. Speed. So, so you must go to our uh, to Twitter. Folks, new audience. Yeah, it's, it's actually, a, I think our most retweeted. So I'll, I'll tweet tell you, ever. Frank Frank Luntz has gone out of his way to dump on the Trump campaign, mm-hmm. uh, and we're a little protective. Bill Stepping is a great ground game guy, and of course, three of our War Room alumni, uh, uh, Jason Miller, who used to sit right here, um, Greg Manns, who was in the in before Jack bumped him when Jack was a big star. Greg Manns ran the operation of the War Room, and of course, the Steve Cortez, who I think is the best guy, the best communications guy they've got. Uh, those three are, are kind of over there in the strategy and comm side. We think the campaign's doing fine. Hey, remember, at the end of the day, it is Donald Trump, right? He's going to do what he's going to do. So Frank Luntz went out of his way, I think, to uh, disparage the people in the campaign, their overall campaign, and we don't need that right now. You're in a knife fight, right? We don't need that. That Either pick the phone up, give some guys some heads up, and or, you know, the president will take your call, give the president. You don't need to say he's got his head. You know, that's just you trying to grandstand for the left in a very tough situation. We've got to win this. And so, since the hard drive is full of, and there's lots more where that came from, we just decided we'd give a highlight reel of, uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, Frank Luntz and what he's really like, Jack Maxey and Vish Burra and Raheem Kassam. And really, it it's a shot across the board for the rest of these media personalities who are trying to talk smack, because all will be revealed, peeps. Should we put the Should we put the email up on the screen? Yeah, yeah. Can we get the tweet up or the the, the email? From the yeah. Tweet? So we tweeted. Uh, we, uh, yeah, it's going up now. We tweeted uh, this yesterday from the at Warren Pandemic account. If you're not following it, make sure you're following it. You'll get a lot more of these. Okay, so it's a Frank Luntz email uh, to Hunter Biden, and uh, it's dated October the 31st, 2012, 5:56 a.m. Um, and it's a reply to a, an email that Hunter had actually sent to Frank Luntz. Now Luntz is told by Hunter uh, earlier on that day, I love you, Bo loves you, but how can you go on TV and not mention the Jeep ad, just in fairness, moving Jeep to China? That's not worth talking about as one of the most outright fabrications ever paid for on television. Again, I think you are smarter than anyone in politics, but if you are doing a piece on ads in the last days, leaving that one out is just dot, dot, dot. And then Frank Luntz replies and he says... Because your dad hasn't said one word to me since the moment he was nominated for VP. Zero, zip, nothing. That's why fair-weather friends get fair-weather treatment. And Bo knows I feel this way. That's not how I treat anyone in politics or in life. And by the way, I declared your dad the winner of his debate against Paul Ryan, even though Ryan is an actual current client. Could you read that last sentence again? Because I just was a little confusing. Ouch. It was a little confusing. And by the way, I declared your dad yeah. the winner of his debate against Paul Ryan, yeah. even though Ryan is an actual current client. So, and that was the day uh, when apparently uh, yeah. you can just purchase an outcome from these people. I promise you, signal not noise. This is a little noise, but 
it was necessary. Remember back in the day when he did that, that that debate was a big deal, right? Paul Ryan had to win. This was going to prop up the the Romney ticket. Uh, let's go to debate. We're talking about debates. Let's go to debates uh, tonight. Ramaswamy, the, the, the betting line has been President Trump was too aggressive, cut off Biden too much, showed his true colors. He's a bully. Uh, although you've got uh, stories coming out today, and there's another prominent uh, African-American that's coming out today saying, hey, uh, Trump's getting traction with not just Hispanic males, but black males because they like his aggressiveness. They like his command presence. They like what he has to say about economic nationalism. And whether it's Charlemagne the God, uh, uh, Cube, or uh, 50 Cent, right? The people are starting to listen. Now the Democrats are in full meltdown. So what does he do tonight? Does he, is he, was he, what do you call it, Cadillo? Cadillo. Cadillo. Is he Cadillo? Is he, or Caballero. I think he's both. Genius of the and, not the tyranny of the or. He should, like, bring in unrestricted warfare to bear in the debate. And I think, Steve, what you mentioned is totally spot on, which is the black American working class and the Latino American working class understand and have seen firsthand their rise in wages, rise in living quality, rise in standards and, and improvement in the lives of their families. So they, their pocketbooks have been positively impacted, which has been a long reversal or overdue reversal over the last 20 years. So it's not surprising that both the Latino American men and the black American men will flock to President Trump and vote for him. I tell you what, this will be the uh, this I think could be one of the big game changers that are not they're not thinking about that this could happen. And coming out of Philadelphia, you better they came out with net five hundred thousand votes in sixteen, and that's what law they thought they were going to get eight fifty, and we won the state by forty two thousand votes. How do you both before I turn to Raheem? How are you both Caballero and Caballero, Caballero and Cadillo at the same time? How do you do that? How do you pull off the both the gentleman and the hammer? Pinochet. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Perón. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, in fact, what's funny is in Argentine media... The thing, here's the thing. Jack actually believes that. You know that that's I not believe that. that. Sorry, what are you talking yeah. about? I'm a great fan of red wine. I love murdering a Chilean red. <laughs> Come on. It's a great guy. How do you do both? See, President Trump's strength is slogans. He's He's got to bring the slogan to bear. And my suggestion to him is to go with... 2020 is 1776. We got to unite the patriots. It's the, the battle lines are drawn. The, mo- the moral lines are clear. The ethical boundaries have been set. It's uniting the American Patriot Party versus the DNCCP. Okay, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll take that analogy and take it deeper, though. In 1776, the Patriot Party was one-third. You had one-third that were Tories. One third that were patriots, one third that were in the middle. So if you if you unite, if you say that you unite the Patriot Party, that's kind of what Trump's done. That's that's the deplorables. He's 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 a he's a hard forty two to forty five, right? Depending on it, that didn't quite get you there. That's why right now, as we sit, you got races in Arizona, you got races in North Carolina, you got races in Florida. And here's the thing: that last night we should pull it for tomorrow. Don Lemon headed up my picture with the thing about the Lincoln Project. You know, they had the Mendoza line in baseball. They get the Bannon line, the 3 or 4%. That is playing out, and you see in Arizona. The reason this thing is not quite there for Trump in Arizona, you got Sidney McCain on TV in, their, in Maricopa County. They're hammering that ad nonstop. 
You got the you got that Mormon faction out there. Romney announced yesterday, I didn't vote for Trump. That's a signal. He's like a cardinal in the church. He's one of the original founding families, right? That's a big. You got the uh, Jeff Flake, Mormon. I tell you. And listen, AOC, glorious ACB, in the uh, in the anti-abortion stand of the Mormons. The Mormons are probably the one of the straightest of the Christian sects, right? As far as black and white, right? As far as hey, this is right, that's wrong. Glorious ACB is home cooking, right? Because hey, they they don't mind the Handmaid's Tale, right? So so just kidding, um, but. That the Lincoln Project's had impact where you see time is being spent in Arizona or in places like North Carolina or in Florida, and particularly in the plus 65 year olds that don't or that are uncertain. He's given an uncertain trumpet on the CCP virus, right? And a lot of these are establishment guys, they're more country club and they just don't like the house style. That's what we got to pull back. That's the needle he's got to thread tonight between, I agree with you, the Patriots, but we got. That's a, I got to tell you, I am not, and I've said this from the beginning, I, at 16, we had a strategy, and the, and the, and the, um, the rallies worked. I'm not a rally guy now because I want those people out knocking doors. But saying that, I, I am blown away by the scale of the rallies and the intensity of the rallies. The one in Nevada the other day was took my breath away. Some of these, like an eerie thing, they're doing these in 24 and 48 hours. Mm. This is like we did that Minnesota the last weekend. The scale of this, and I got to tell people that this is not going to go away. It's a real movement now, and and the, and the love of President Trump, and the and the and the, and the focus on Trump, and you know the, these these talks are, are the the speeches themselves don't quite have the anger. I would want to channel more of the heat into this moment because it's a moment of it's a moment of determination for the country. We're at an inflection point, and I would I would bring that more. I think it I think the things are too chatty a little bit. And a little bit maybe for comedic effect. Yeah. And uh, I want to see more heat. Of course, that's Bannon. You know, I want to bring the apocalypse, right? Together. Well, and, you know, the, a lot of the internal polling suggests that, that Biden's problem in people's eyes is that he's incredibly weak and he would be a weak leader. So I think that's why the president's probably going for mockery rather than intensity in these okay. things. There's a, there's a thought process behind it. But there's nobody voting for Joe Biden. Let's just get This is Trump or anti-Trump. That's why there's no uncertainty. I agree with... Uh, Kronecki on uh, on uh, on MSNBC. There's no there's down to, to, to un, it, there's nobody hasn't made their mind up. Right. This is all about getting right. people out. This is this is this is uh, motivational. Right. Okay. Let's take a quick break. Doctor Yan's going to be on CNN. Try to do a hit on the one and only Doctor Yan, Yiming Lan, uh, Yan from uh, Hong Kong University, who's been the leading edge of these reports. You've seen her on Tucker Carlson. You've seen her on Lou Dobbs everywhere. She's going to be here in the war room next, refuting CNN. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back. Here's when we know you got a great show. We came to do cold opens because we got we got too many great uh, guests. Another hero is going to join us in a second, Dr. Li Ming Yan from Hong Kong University. She's a defector from Communist China, and she joins today Rudy Giuliani, Dr. and, and Liz Yor. Uh, just a fabulous lineup. Uh, I want to go real quickly. We got a Frank Luntz uh, update, Raheem. We do. Frank Luntz res has responded. Has quote tweeted the uh, war and pandemic. 
Twitter account just now and said, I'm not sure what the bombshell is here. I've known the Bidens since I taught Bo at UPenn in the early 90s. I've also dined in the Oval Office and ridden on Air Force One with President Trump. I've mentioned both of these things before. Now, what's really interesting about Frank Lunds' response is, is two things to me. Number one, he's actually put bullet points in his tweets, which means that he's really crafted this response because it's not actually easy to get a bullet point onto Twitter. You've got to like copy and paste it from an outside thing. But the second thing, the, the, the actual truth behind this is he's confirming the veracity of Hunter yeah, Biden's thank emails. You, thank you, Frank. Well, that's, another, that's another check. Not Russian. Here's Ballard, something else that he yeah. did, though. Let's remember this. He went on national television and he said that these emails were essentially a fake story. There was nothing in there. None of them could be proven. Here's the reality. You are speaking for a mainstream news organization, and you should have revealed that on several occasions you had emailed with Hunter Biden and that your emails would be found in the false trove of emails. You have betrayed your job and you have betrayed Fox News. I hope you'll make an apology to the audience. Perhaps you could do that in between your Focus session tonight? Yeah, d by the way, the, the also, um, you know, he doesn't address the, the elephant in the room, which is the betrayal of the Republican Party, the conservative movement, and one of the biggest times, which is uh, dumping on his client Paul Ryan in, uh, in public and saying that Joe Biden, and obviously trying to curry favor, that's what he's trying to do. Okay, the lead story in the Financial Times, the Financial Times of London, China steals a march on United States with COVID vaccine supply diplomacy. We're going to talk more about that tomorrow and the next day, but... This gets to the whole thing of how is their economy coming back? How do they only have 2,000 dead, uh, 3,000 dead? How do they, although the numbers are all lies, they're roaring back. Every newspaper in Europe is saying China set a standard. The, the way they roll is the way we want to roll. The, the United States is back on its hind foot. A hero that brought this forward, and now she's being attacked. She's, she's reached the big leagues because CNN has got like a five-author investigative report of course, she doesn't even make a headline. It's all me. Bannon's conspiracy theory starts to unravel. But when you read through the article, I don't see the unravel. I'm missing the unravel. Okay? It's an open secret. It came from either gain-of-function experiment or a biological weapons program. All the intelligence services can tell you that. I want to bring in now Dr. Uh, an American hero and a Chinese hero, Dr. Li Ming Yan from Hong Kong University, one of the greatest universities in the world about the study of viruses where she was ran the lab. Jack Maxey, I want you to take it from here. Dr. Yan, they, uh, CNN wrote a kind of hit piece on you and also Steve Bannon, Miles Guo, and they're trying to say that your paper is totally false and that you cite information that no one else can seem to capture. And as we uh, you know, discussed when I called you up about this paper yesterday, it does seem to me that uh, they're sort of short on real data points and more long on kind of uh, an opinion. But I'd like for you, and you, you know, I know that you were distressed by this thing and, and want to protect your reputation, and we want to protect it too. So one of the things that she talks about are copied passages from G News blogs that she says you cited in the paper and who's this person, and that undermines the paper. You want to address that for us? Okay, I won't laugh at their stupid work because they even didn't do at least the baby level fact check before they write the thing. <laughs> so the G News and the blogs they mentioned actually is from Michael Arthur Shu Kang, 
and he write it based on my analyze and my information delivered through Moodle from uh, 18th January this year. And if you check more genius things, you will see the article I wrote anonymous, anonymous on 25th January to show the comparison of genome between Joshan bat coronavirus and SARS-CoV-2. I mean, I want to say that these are the basic thing for the journalists, for the media. Uh, if they do a little bit work, they can work at least as a student in primary school. If not, the teacher will blame you for your poor quality homework. I just want to say something about the 18th January because this is what piqued my interest in 1617. Her coming on Luda's show, these broadcasts and Luda's, this is CNN. You were three, two and a half or three months away from even calling a pandemic. You weren't even covering the story. And here she came out and the co-authors, that, the blog is obviously written by them. It didn't take a genius to understand that. They're not like stealing it from somebody else. It's their work. But it was her bravery to come forward at that time under you know the cover because she couldn't t totally get out of it. She left the country under enormous pressure a couple of months later as a hero to tell the world if the world had paid attention to Dr. Li Ming Yan on the 18th of January on Luda's show, right? You wouldn't have had a million dead today. You wouldn't have had 200,000 in the United States. But the Chinese Communist Party and the World Health Organization were bald-faced lying. Where's your story there, CNN, about the text, the, the press release, and the, and the text from the World Health Organization saying, hey, we talked to Chinese officials, senior Chinese officials. No human-to-human -human transmission, no community spread. She had the courage to come out and tell the world that is a lie. That is a lie and risked her life to do it. CNN, you are disgusting. The whole two crew of you are disgusting. Go investigate that, guys, because we're going to grind you down on this thing, okay? You're a bunch of phonies. All you do is protect the elites of this world. You're protecting the Chinese Communist Party because CNN's in business with them. You're protecting the Chinese Communist Party, okay? This woman is a hero. And the people with her are heroes. And Luda's a hero because on the 18th of January, they told the world exactly what was going on. Jack Maxey, Dr. Well, 100%. I mean, I think, too, one thing that I can't believe that CNN never mentions, and it's something that the American people have to understand, and you said it well, Steve, this woman is here because if she was back in China, she'd be dead right be now. Dead. Be dead. Be, right? Be disappeared. So what they said, she'd be disappeared. If, if all she's doing is talking nonsense, why would she be in fear of her life? Right? Wouldn't people just ridicule well, her? If she's talking nonsense, why would they arrest her mother and have her in a jail in Beijing? If she was, uh, if she was talking nonsense, why did they roll up all her friends? And why do the other authors have to be on the nom de gurs? They can't even come forward because their families would be immediately taken. CNN, you gutless cowards. This is what you devolve to. I detest you people. Okay? I detest you. You know why? You go after the good people in the world that are trying to stand up to the oligarchs. They're trying to stand up to the dictators. And you think you're going to beat her down? Like she said, you're like little children in school. Right, Dr. Yan? Look, go ahead and continue. I'll get off my soapbox for a second. <laughs> get me worked up here, man. Well, now, Dr. Yan, I want you to respond to Dr. Nancy uh, Connell at uh, Johns Hopkins University. Now, she came out and said some sort of, she didn't like your paper, but she never really gave any scientific evidence to back up why she didn't like it. It's just, it's almost as if these scientists are playing a, a grade school, you know, 
better you than me or some sort of nonsense, but they're not actually telling anyone what are the specific failures inside your paper. Could you respond to that? Of course, I already mentioned at the end of my second report that like Dr. Nancy Cornell and also like the Dr. Robert Gallo, because they have spent some time to write some also poor quality things to uh, try to dismiss my first report. So to respect their energy, I will also publish another response point to point to tell them how to read the report in a scientific <laughs> way and also help them to train their team members better in academic way. I think they already respect my academic training is excellent in even the CNN report, right? You cannot deny that. And also, let's talk about COVID-19. When it happened in Wuhan, where are you? When WHO tried to cover up with Chinese Communist Party, where are you? When NIH and all these peer-reviewed journals spread uh, this misinformation to mislead the people uh, to harm the global health, where are you? So why not stand, uh, you stand out and just to blame me using empty words? And another question, where are the Chinese Communist Party experts? They publish so many COVID-19 papers in the world. Where is Professor Malik Paris and also Professor Liu Peng in Hong Kong U? Why cannot they stand up to talk to me in a scientific way? Let's show our evidence, talk about the fact. Don't try to hide it. Who are you working for? Dr. Yan, I don't know if I could say, defend you any better than you defend yourself. And it's a classic thing, right? Where was CNN when we knew that human-to-human -human transmission was happening? Where was CNN when uh, Lancet and several other, quote, respected scientific journals were providing false information that put human lives at risk that was clearly motivated by a disinformation campaign led by the communist Chinese people? Why is it that CNN never looks behind the curtain? We're watching the same way they treat the communist Chinese is the same way they're treating the Biden family right now. 100%, because they protect the elite. We've, yeah. this, but this would be pretty easy to solve, right? Dr. Sanjay Gupta should come on this show and he can debate Dr. Yan. Oh, and let's see. Let's have an open challenge. Let's we see. want Gupta, Gupta live, and she's prepared to do a live one with Gupta. That's what we got to push for. Real quickly, Dr. Yan, and we're looking forward to your report. We'll get more into this with you in the next couple of days, maybe over the weekend. But I got to go to the Financial Times real quickly. They're talking about China's uh, COVID vaccine supply, that they're going to push it out throughout the world right now. Give us your assessment in about a minute, minute and a half of where, what do you think of the Chinese Communist Party's vaccine program? Let me tell you first, don't trust their vaccine. As the other thing, please don't trust them. If not, you will be regretful. The other thing is the Chinese vaccine actually still under the clinical trial three. But their data is amazingly 100% perfect according to their publication. I mean, do you believe that? If you believe that, get it. If not, I mean, you should learn from us Chinese people. We don't trust them. So you're saying the Chinese themselves think this thing is not to be not to be trusted? They can no. I let me tell it briefly that they can just sell you something just contained in a vial and also just sitting in water. Do you understand, sir? So that means this is nothing for you. But they tell you that it's vaccine, and then they stop to 
uh, tell the confirm the cases. So you will say, oh, they get vaccine, but they have no cases increased. So that means it's successful vaccine. Dr. And also the other vaccines they give you may be harmful. Don't trust them. We've got, a ba- we've got a bounce, but you were the first one before the New York Post got taken down. You got taken down when you came on Tucker uh, that night. Do you have a new, do you have, is your Twitter back up or they shut you down and take it all off? Oh, I have the second Twitter account now. So Dr. Li Yen first online. You can find it from War Room Pandemic and also Moodle. But the other thing is just in this morning, because I fight back with CNN, I got the hacker attacking, try to steal my this account. Anyway, now it's still alive and I'm still alive. I'm not scared of Chinese Communist Party. So don't try to make me scared of you. <laughs> Dr. Yan, you're a hero. We, we love you, and, and, and thank you so much. Look forward to having you on the next couple of days. I want to go through this in depth and really refute, and we're going to push to get the Sanjay Gupta-Dr. Yan debate. Okay, uh, hashtag war and pandemic. Everybody in the live stream, let us know what you think. We're going to try to get Matthew Terman. He's the investigative reporter of Peter Schweitzer. They've taken uh, Bevan... Bevan Cooney, and they put him in the, uh, we don't know where he is, Bureau of Prisons got him. Back in a moment with Tierman. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. We've just got too much news to cover today. That's what we got to rip through. I want to have a couple segments with Liz Yorn. I want a couple segments with Dr. Young. Couldn't do it. Matthew Tierman is the investigative reporter with Peter Schweitzer. driving a big part, a big vertical in this story. That's the 26,000 emails from Bevan Cooney, who came out the other day and absolutely blasted the Bidens out of the water and stunning the revelations in his. And all of a sudden, he's missing. He's taken out of the his prison in uh, he's in jail. He's a Biden partner. He's in jail in Oregon. Next thing you know, you can't find him. Matthew Tierman now joins us on the phone from Chicago. Matthew, what walk us through what is going on here? Why why is the Department of Justice, the Attorney General, the Bureau of Prisons reports to them? Last time I looked, Bill Barr reports a guy named Donald J. Trump. Why in the heat of this can we not find uh, Bevan Cooney? Well, thanks for having me, Steve. Uh, he dropped off the grid for a little bit there yesterday. They took him out of the, uh, the facility that he was at in Oregon, which is, you know, it's as minimum security as it got. It was, you know, white-collar guys, not long stays, uh, uh, open-door sort of thing, Very like not, you know, what you see on TV. They take him out of that the, uh, the morning after, 11 a.m., uh, after I was on Laura Ingram, which obviously went out widely to the whole nation about the case that he gave uh, Schweitzer and I these emails. And uh, his family uh, didn't know where he was. They'd spoken to him earlier in the day, and then they couldn't get a hold of him because and that's the kind of facility he was in. He could actually talk to his family. But they find out uh, later uh, in the day uh, that he was moved to another facility, and he was put in solitary, five-by-eight cell, small frosted window, and they tell him you're only going to be out an hour a day outside uh, at 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. So this looks like retribution. Uh, and as you know, you know whether Barr's a, a great AG or not, you know there's a lot of uh, people between the top uh, and the bottom. The guards are very nice to Cooney. They they seem to be all on the right and are thrilled with what he what he's done. And uh, and hold it, hold it, hold it. I just want to make sure. I just want and, and I want to tweet this out. You, I want to make sure I understand this, and I do not want to put words in your mouth. 
Are you telling me for yeah. a guy that came forward and put out information and relevant information to the most pressing concern of the American people, the way in measuring of a presidential candidate, you're telling me they took him out of a minimum security prison, he's now in solitary confinement, and he's not, unable to communicate with you, with you or Peter Schweitzer, the two investigative reporters driving this? Well, he's been able to communicate a little bit. They've gotten him. The guards have been pretty uh, pretty good to him, and he's talking to his family, who I'm talking to, so I'm, ta- I'm kind of contacting him by way of a family member that I'm having regular communication with. Uh, but, yeah, no, it looks like retribution because it looks like people in the in the system were not happy that he was sharing all this stuff uh, with me and me with Peter and us getting out all these stories about China and Russia and Ukraine and Kazakhstan. I mean, 27,000 emails and seven years of activity that he was involved in. Uh, and he felt that it was imperative that the American people see this. This guy took a massive risk. He was supposed to be out in one month serving, you know, a 14-month sentence, and here he is working through my contact that he was in there with, sharing this stuff and making sure that the American people see it, because he, his view is, I saw this stuff firsthand, and it is absolutely a shock to the system for him to see that Biden could be in the Oval Office knowing what he knows, seeing what he's seen in China in Russia, in Ukraine, in Kazakhstan. So this guy's an amazing guy and a patriot who just took a huge risk, and now they threw him in solitary for, you know, potentially the next month or two, and they've already pushed back his release date two weeks. They could do that. What I'm hoping is that this is transitional, and they've moved him into solitary so the feds can pick him up, because this guy is a walking, talking evidence dossier that has not yet been opened, read, and learned from on the most important salient issues of the day. The feds have a, an, what looks to be an active money laundering investigation, Fox News reported trans national that's the story that i uh, that broke three or four days ago with uh, laundering money for a russian oligarch mob tied russian oligarch yelena batarina so this guy i'm hoping to pick him up i made a clarion call on laura last night that somebody with subpoena power whether it's the uh, u.s attorney in oregon or uh in dc or the baltimore field office of the fbi where this uh, money laundering investigation was going on somebody's got to go there and talk to this guy because he has got a lot of information that is absolutely important right now with you know 10 12 days to go Look, you're very you're a highly regarded guy in the conservative movement, and you do so much other stuff with uh, Veritas and all this other stuff. Have you made contact with your se- you, you've got senior level relationships? Have you made contact and say, hey, somebody the DOJ, somebody the Bureau of Prisons, somebody's got to get on top of this? I mean, this is ridiculous. Have you reached out to people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nonstop. And uh, the response I've gotten is that we are aware of this. But, you know, I'm an independent guy. I'm not a a government agent of any sort. I'm a journalist, so anybody in government gets a little nervous telling me too much. Nobody's going to open up, uh, you know, their their hand of cards to me to show me exactly what they're doing. So what i got to do is keep doing, you know, the stuff that we've done for years, which is make noise, highlight, shine the light, make transparent, and force action by getting ground swells. And, you know, on Twitter, I've been putting up the emails from this case that we talked about uh, over the last four or five days on this Russian money laundering. Now that it shows that there's an FBI investigation to transnational money laundering, it's highly relevant. So, you know, I'm keeping to put out emails. Schweitzer's covering a lot of stuff in China. I think Raheem and the National Pulse are going to cover some more stuff shortly. I sent him some documents. There's all these different concentric circles of criminality that go right back to the Biden crime family. And uh, I know that there are federal investigators who are looking into stuff, and I just hope that they move their ass and do it quick enough that we can, you know, expose this so that it actually matters. What's your Twitter handle? Some people follow you right now. 
at Matthew Tiermond, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-T-Y-R-M-A-N-D. Okay, we'll post it. You're a hero. We'll talk to you after the show. Fantastic. What a, what a hero. Matthew Tiermond. Okay, thanks, guys. Okay, uh, Raheem, what's on National Pulse today? What else is happening here at Jack? I want Dave. we got about a minute and a half. Yeah, we'll have Thomas Farnan on the show this afternoon as well as um, Ryan Williams, who's the president of the Claremont uh, Institute. There's a lot more information about the, um, the what's going to happen in, in between November the 3rd and, and January the 20th, and we'll talk about that. And you're also working this you're working the story too I, I i have got a long day ahead and remember we've got the debate tonight live coverage on real america's voice as well from 8 p.m so, ramaswamy what's trump supposed to do in the debate tonight 30 seconds see the american people don't want a credit card machine installed outside the oval office and the president's got to make clear that that's what they risk with the biden presidency and then we also don't want to be caged and captured by dragon king she exotic so we want to be a free people. That's who we are. So that's the message he got, he's got to drive home. Jack Maxey, where are we in this investigation? Uh, we are in this investigation in, uh, I would say, the first inning. This, there's so much stuff, Steve. I mean, You're Rich saying we're, we're top of the first. Night, top of the first. Top of the first. This thing's going, it's going to go on well past November 3rd, whatever the outcome is. Win, lose, or draw. And in a draw where we fight this thing all the way to, to, uh, to um, Inauguration Day, a lot's going to come out. And it also, it indicts them in their own words. This is the swamp. It's going to be, the, the damage is going to be, be from this blast. It's going to be bigger th- than There's no think. conspiracy, but no coincidence. Don't think that Bevan Cooney is in solitary confinement away from people that could break this story in the next 10 days. That is not a coincidence. Okay? We're going to be on this. Raheem, be at 3, National Pulse will be doing the coverage tonight. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Dave, thanks for co-hosting. First anniversary show.